This is Beach Weekly. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 7 of Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. I'm your host, Isabel Salaji, and we have a whole lot to get into on this episode. But before that, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Southland Credit Union. Southland Credit Union is offering a $200 bonus when you open a free Long Beach State checking account at their new campus branch in the University Student Union Plaza. This offer is only available during the fall 2022 semester. So visit beachcu.com for more information now. All right, let's get into this week's stories. Long Beach State fine art students protested in front of the Go Beach sign last Wednesday during Founders Day celebrations to bring awareness to the ongoing health and safety concerns in the fine arts building. The fine arts buildings were constructed in the 1950s, but have never been updated to include air conditioning. Students have advocated for renovations to the fine arts buildings for weeks now and staged their first walkout earlier this month. The fine arts students protest aimed to get President Jane Close Connolly's attention during the Founders Day event, but she did not attend. However, last Thursday, President Connolly's office sent out an email saying that while the university is pursuing possible solutions to the AC problems, they are quote-unquote not ideal, and that nothing President Connolly can say will quote, reduce the unhappiness of faculty, staff, and students who are in non-air-conditioned spaces. Unquote. So that's not exactly a vote of confidence that the university is going to solve this problem anytime soon. Last Thursday, dozens of students from the Organization of Historically Oppressed Students and members of the California Faculty Association gathered outside of President Connolly's office to protest the temporary relocation of the Multicultural Resource Center to the library basement. The student organization presented a list of demands to President Connolly and her team, including a separate building for the Multicultural Center, staffed with academic advisors, mental health counselors, and directors elected by students and community-involved faculty. President Connolly said that she thought it was a great idea and that she loved the concept. However, she left for another meeting before giving the students a direct answer about their demands. The Outpost Grill reopened last Tuesday after experiencing a brief shutdown for a water heating issue. Reopening came as a huge relief to Long Beach State students who, I'm sure you know, have pretty restricted on-campus dining options despite the fact that the campus has been reopened for three semesters now. While the Beach Hut and Chillside Cafe are supposed to reopen next semester, students right now are still limited to the Outpost, the USU, the Beach Convenience Store, the Corner Market, and the Caffeine Lab for the only food options on campus. All right, let's jump into major headlines from across California this week. Governor Gavin Newsom signed into effect a law that will make it easier for street vendors to obtain health permits. The law, which was authored by State Senator Lena Gonzalez of Long Beach, will reduce or eliminate numerous obstacles for street vendors. Equipment requirements, design standards, and fees will all be reduced, and criminal penalties for health code violations will be replaced by fines. This is great news for street vendors across California, many of whom come from low-income communities, are people of color, or members of immigrant communities. Last Wednesday, Governor Newsom signed a bill that will make it easier for California farm workers to unionize. Newsom had vetoed a previous version of the bill and threatened to do so again with the latest version of the bill. However, after receiving considerable pressure from President Joe Biden and other top Democrats in the country, Governor Newsom changed his mind. The bill will provide more protections and ways for farm workers to vote in union elections, including through voting by mail and through drop-off ballot cards. Last Thursday, California passed a new law that will prevent other states from punishing children who seek gender-affirming surgery 
and other forms of gender-affirming care in California. The law specifically aims to stop Texas and other Republican-controlled states from taking children away from parents who allow them to receive gender-affirming care. According to ABC News, the law will block out-of-state subpoenas, stop healthcare providers from sharing information about gender-affirming care with other states, and will give California courts the authority to make an initial custody determination if a child is in California to obtain gender-affirming care. The law is scheduled to go into effect in January 2023. Temecula has dropped a proposal to ban abortions within its city limits. Temecula announced that it wouldn't pursue the initial ban after California Attorney General Rob Bonta warned Temecula that the state would take legal action against the city if they indeed pass such a law. Bonta emphasized that local governments cannot enact laws that conflict with state laws. Also on Friday of last week, Governor Newsom signed a bill that will officially make April 24th a statewide holiday in California for Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. Every year on April 24th, public schools and community colleges in California will be closed, and state employees will be given time off with pay. The holiday will be observed during California's traditional Genocide Awareness Week, which also honors those affected by the Holocaust, the Assyrian, Greek, Cambodian, and Rwandan genocides. The bill to make Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day an official holiday passed through the state legislature without any amendments. And if you're Armenian like I am, you'll know this is a really cool thing to see happen. All right, here are a couple major national and international headlines from this week. Hurricane Ian hit the southeast coast hard last week, leaving Florida, North and South Carolina in tatters. Ian first hit Cuba early last week before striking Florida as a Category 4 hurricane. Ian is reported to be one of the strongest storms to ever hit the United States. Thousands of people have been displaced, millions are without power, and so far dozens of people have been confirmed dead due to the hurricane. Countless buildings, homes, and other structures have been destroyed across Florida and the Carolinas. At the time this episode was recorded on Saturday, Ian had been downgraded to a Category 1 tropical storm and then downgraded again to a post-storm cyclone. Last Friday, Russia signed treaties to illegally annex large portions of Ukrainian territory that it had been occupying. The annexation is a significant escalation of the war in Ukraine and has forced Ukraine to seek quote, accelerated NATO membership. Russian President Vladimir Putin has vowed to protect the newly annexed regions by quote, all available means, unquote, which could include nuclear weapons. Putin has since urged Ukraine to participate in peace talks, but has also stated that he won't consider relinquishing control of the regions that are currently occupied by Russian forces. For Ukraine's part, they said that they will not negotiate with Putin. In response to the annexation, the U.S. and other countries have condemned the annexation as illegal and illegitimate and have announced even more sanctions on Russia. All right, well, that is all for this week's news coverage. And now, which you've all been waiting for, we are going to move into our pop culture portion of the pod. For this, we're handing the mic over to Katie Gurley. What's up, everyone? This is Katie, and I'm here today to talk about some of the hottest topics in pop culture this week in a new segment I like to call Son of a Beach. On September 27th, YouTuber Ned Fulmer, known for his role as one of the four members of comedy group The Try Guys, was recently fired after cheating allegations emerged with another BuzzFeed employee named Alex Herring, who also served as producer for the Try Guys. The two were caught up in a viral video in which allegedly shows Fulmer kissing Herring after leaving a Harry Style concert on September 1st. The Try Guys posted on their official Twitter the same day following the news and stated, as a result of a thorough internal review, we do not see a path forward together. We thank you for your support as we navigate 
this change. Ned, currently married to wife and interior designer Ariel Fulmer of 10 years, went to social media to address the allegations along with an apology towards his wife, sons Wesley and Finley and fans. Family should have always been my priority, but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship, he wrote on Twitter on September 27th. I'm sorry for any pain that my action may have caused to the guys and the fans, but most of all to Ariel. Ariel also spoke out amid the allegations in a statement mentioning, nothing is more important to me and Ned than our family. And all we ask and request right now is that you respect our privacy for the sake of our kids. It was announced on September 29th that the remaining members of the group, Keith Habersberger, Eugene Lee Yang, and Zach Kornfeld would be taking a quick hiatus from uploading their new weekly content, including their tripod podcast in the wake of current circumstances. The tripod will be taking a week off and returning next week on October 6th, a tweet posted on September 29th. We want to take some time to formulate our thoughts before recording the episode. Thank you for being patient. Speaking of cheaters, singer Adam Levine and wife Bahati Prinsloo was last week caught up in a cheating allegation as where Adam Levine was in DMs allegedly to an Instagram influencer and were making rude comments like your body is hot and things like that. And to put my little two cents in, I don't think that's acceptable at all. Why are these high paid figures or well-known figures reaching out to younger women when they have wives. Just like Fulmer, Adam has been married to his wife for at least eight years and they have children. Both Fulmer and Adam Levine have children. This does so much parallel to these situations. Long-term marriages, children's, and you're gonna throw it away for what? One night? Two nights? And the another parallel between these two is that I feel they apologized because they got caught, not because they're sincere. And I don't know what kind of air men are breathing, but this has to change. Why put these women through all these years of marriage and commitment till death do us part just to get a night of a thirst trap? Why do that? And to Ned, how are you gonna take this girl and cheat on your wife at a Harry Styles concert? Of all places, like, come on, do better. On that note, let's move on to Selena Gomez and Hailey Bieber. Ironically, and also on September 27th, model Hailey Bieber appeared as a guest on host Alex Cooper's Call Her Daddy podcast. According to Harper Bazaar, Haley and Justin Bieber were first romantically linked in 2015 when he was on a break with Selena, whom he dated on and off since 2011. Justin and Haley got back together in 2018 after he split with Selena for the last time and the two got married. Discussions on sex life, mental health, and friendships were displayed in the podcast episode. However, the biggest topic shared in the podcast included Selena Gomez, who shares a past relationship with Haley's now husband, Justin Bieber. Justin and Selena have been involved in news for years, following the drama leading up to the growth of hate that some Selena fans have towards Haley. Trying to clear her name, Haley revealed that she never was involved with Justin during any prior relationship. The perpetuation comes from the misperception, oh, you stole him, she said. I can say period, point blank, I was never with him when he was in a relationship with anybody. That's the end of it. Despite years worth of drama, Haley displayed love towards Gomez 
and that they're in a good place. It's all respect. It's all love. There's no drama, personally. That's also why I feel like, well, if everybody on our side knows what happened and we're good and we can walk away from it with clarity and respect, then that's fine. On September 29th, Selena Gomez briefly went live on TikTok to speak on kindness, possibly indirectly speaking about the podcast with Haley. If you support Rare, I cannot thank you enough, but know that you are also representing what it means and that is words matter. And my short opinion on this is that it's really hard mingling in these situations with Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber and Hailey Bieber because from my point of view it seems like Hailey kind of did meddle her way in in between but then again Justin and Selena were off and on as of 2018 I remember watching the Met Gala 2018 and it was so intense like Selena Gomez showed up by herself because that was post the weekend breakup she broke up with the weekend in 2017 so she was kind of living her best single girl life in 2018 before rekindling with Justin Bieber or she was around that time like it started to hype up again and that same night at the Mount Gala Hailey Bieber showed up or then Hailey Baldwin was paired with Shawn Mendes and I remember seeing them pull up and I thought they were cute you know like they had like height goals and everything like that and then a few months later I find out in the news that Hailey Bieber and Justin Bieber are now married and here we are four years later and they're still married uh congrats to them I think they're really cute, but just like that whole gap is very confusing. But anywho, we shall continue. One show that hasn't stopped trending on social media lately has been Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story on Netflix. It's an American biographical crime drama limited series co-created by Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan, which premiered on Netflix on September 21st this year. It stars Richard Jenkins, Niecy Nash, Molly Ringwald, and Evan Peters as serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Based on a true crime, Dahmer played by Evan Peters was a serial killer and sex offender who committed the murder and dismemberment of 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Even though the docudrama has topped streaming charts on Netflix, many are frustrated and appalled at the glorification and fetish of falling in love with a serial killer character similar to when the Ted Bundy film was released. Some of the victim's family members took part in the show. Therefore, some viewers feel uncomfortable continuing the series, not only because the show is disturbing, but because people are calling a serial killer cute. And it's very much how it seems. I'm on Stan Twitter and I see people talking about, oh my gosh, Evan Peters as Dahmer's is so cute. Why are people like glorifying this character? You can think Evan Peters is cute, but why did it take for this for you to think that Evan Peters is cute? Like, it shouldn't take a serial killer movie or film or a TV show to find out you're attracted to somebody. Like, that's very disturbing. Like, you're saying that this person characterized as a killer, you're attracted to killers, and that's mentally, physically just disturbing. I am a fan of Evan Peters, but this is not the role to be glorifying and being attracted to this character. And there needs to be a separation. And one thing also that makes this show somewhat controversial is some of the songs in our music industry that has been used with the names of Dahmer, including Katy Perry's Dark Horse. I know Eminem has a song out and Kesha when she released Cannibal. Just to name the lyrics that Juicy J stated in Katy Perry's Dark Horse, she eats your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, read the room, but also this song came out long ago. If people had an issue with this, why didn't you mention this back in 2012, 2013 when this song came out? You get me? Like, it's been so long since both Kesha's song and Katy 
Perry song came out. And there's way worse songs in different genres than that. If you're gonna put her under the bus, you gotta put all those other rappers, all those other singers under the bus that have graphical lyrics to their songs. So that's my two cents on that. On a lighter note, rapper Megan The Stallion recently launched a mental health website named Bad Beaches Have Bad Days Too in hopes to provide resources for fans on September 28th. The name was inspired by her song Anxiety from her latest album Traumazine. According to NBC News, the website features links to free therapy organizations and other mental health resources like helplines. Further down, fans can find resource directories for different organizations that specifically support Black women and members of the LGBTQ plus community. Megan has been vocal about her mental health and explains it in her lyrics and song Anxiety. They keep saying I should get help, but I don't even know what I need. They keep saying speak your truth and at the same time say they don't believe she raps. Make sure to visit the Bad Beaches Have Bad Days 2.com website linked to seek help and find a therapist and sign up for updates for new resources and services. Awesome that people in a big platform just like Megan the Stallion living her best hot girl life is someone that advocates for mental health. It's often forgotten that celebrities seek mental health as well. They need it just as much as we do. If not, a little more because they're in the public eye and just like Megan the Stallion who's at her best game right now, she's the hottest right now, all eyes are on her because she's a trendsetter. She has so many fans those concerts that she hosted albums that she releases everybody's watching her in her next move so mental health is very key not just in celebrities but our lives too at long beach state we have to focus on mental health i'm suffering right now a little bit with the mixture of schoolwork real life work being at home managing an internship everything in between but we also have to take time for self-care and this is an amazing resource so everybody go check it out before we head out for the day i just want to make a quick shout out happy mean girls day yes it's october 3rd and he asked me what day it was <laughs> we love iconic films like mean girls on that note on mondays we wear pink now thank you for listening this has been katie here see you next time on son of a beach and that does it for episode seven of beach weekly to read more about the stories we covered today and also a whole lot more you can head on over to our website daily49er.com and to make sure you don't miss out on the latest headlines on the long beach state campus give us a follow on our socials at daily49er. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll meet you back here next Monday.